Grace and peace this evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. God bless us this evening. Also, I forgot to mention this morning, I know we mentioned about uh, Kenya and also myself for my surgery, but also uh, Hazel will be going to the doctor tomorrow in Dallas uh, to a uh, pediatrician cardiologist. And so I'm going to be checking on her heartbeat that was found to be a little bit irregular. And we pray, we're thankful for the Lord working in their lives at this time to allow that to happen. Jamie said this past, it was this past week, uh, Hazel was playing with the, the, what you call it, Jamie? Stethoscope. All right. Thank you very much. And Hazel came up to him and said, take my heartbeat, check my heartbeat. And she has never, hadn't done that recently or anything. But when he checked it, he noticed that, Hey, it was a little bit irregular, took it to the, the, took it to have it ran and saw that it was irregular. Then the doctor the next day also so saw that it was. So we're thankful uh, that she's able to get this, uh, uh, this, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my Portuguese and English tonight. I'm glad she's able to have this appointment tomorrow. There we go. That's the word we're looking for. Be praying for them to get there and come back safely and continue being with Hazel at this time. You know, this night, this as we leave on Sunday night, and I know it's the Sunday of the first Sunday fellowship. We have the ice cream coming and all those things. But I wanted to remind us of how God does work in our lives and that he continues to work in our lives daily. You know, when Paul says in Romans 8, 8 verse 38, that God works in all things for the good of those who love him and serve according to his purpose. It truly is something that Paul could say. And Paul had witnessed and something that Paul had gone through in his own life. We have the number 276 there up on the screen this evening because 276 men are thankful for what was going on in the life of Paul when he was going on his journey to Rome as he was a prisoner of Caesar, as he was appealing to Caesar. And we're going to see a little bit tonight, this narrative of what was going on, what was happening as he was going to Rome. And we want to see certainly how God is working in all of this and see what we can learn for ourselves from this. What is God wanting to teach us? What can we learn from the attitude of Paul as we learn here this evening, looking at God's word? So let's open our our Bibles tonight in Acts chapter 27. You know, there's all kinds of different preachings. There's exegetical preaching. There's textual preaching. There's all these kinds of topical preaching and there's also narrative preaching. So tonight we're going to look at the narrative to understand truly what's going on, what's happening. And then at the end, we'll get the points and see what it means to us today as well. But look what it says here in chapter 27, verse one, starting out. It was when it was decided that we would sell for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius. Who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from Adamitiums about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia. And we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so that they might provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed on the, past the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra and Lycia. Then the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Nidus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the, to the Lee of Crete, opposite Salmon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens, near the town of La Silla. Okay, now look and see what's happening already. 
As Paul's getting ready to go on this journey, there's lots of things going on that's not happening so well, okay? And if you remember beforehand, the brothers and sisters said, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem because you will be handed over to Caesar and you will go to Caesar. People are trying to kill you there. And then so Paul appeals to Caesar. And as he's going, this is what's happening. All this wind, the storm, the things that are going to be happening to Paul. And they're getting late. Praise God, at least already on this one trip, we can understand and see how God is already working for Paul. Look how Paul, how God had put in the heart of the centurion. Julius, what happened? In 27 verse 1, Paul and some of the other prisoners were handed over to the centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded the ship and about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia. And when they got there, Julius, in verse 3, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. I want you to imagine this. Paul is on the journey. The brothers and sisters in Christ heard that he's going on his journey. They know where he's going to be going, going to Rome, going on the trip. And already the word has spread that in that area, Paul is coming. And who is wanting to be there to help him? His brothers and sisters in Christ. And how did this work? How is this Julius going to allow this to happen? He said, in his kindness to Paul. Who put that kindness into his heart? Who allowed him to do that? Was our God. Who put the kindness in Cyrus in the Old Testament to say, go and rebuild your wall. Go and rebuild your temple. Our God, our awesome God. And as we see this at this moment, Paul is in this journey with other prisoners along with him. We're going to see there's 276 in this boat here in just a little bit. But I want us to look at the first thing that's going to happen. When the things are starting to go wrong already... They're already getting late. Have any of you ever been late for something? Okay. And when you get late, you get anxious, right? You get nervous. I don't know if you're married a lot of times. You're like, oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And all these things happen. And when you're on your way there, you get every single red light. And you get every pedestrian that decided to walk where they never have walked before to stop you on your way to get to where you need to get. And then all of a sudden your gas light comes on and you see, I've got to get some gas. All of this is happening to them at this time. They're not able to get to where they go. Things are slowing down. Paul notices this. Paul, I'm sure, is praying about this. And look what it says here in verse 9. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be what? Great. No. Our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This, this was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Now, I want you to notice here, Paul already said, hey, this is going to be a disastrous trip. And at this very moment, in this very time, Paul says it's going to be disastrous not only for the boat, for the ship, for the cargo, but our own lives as well. So Paul is very much concerned about everything that's going on and everything that's happening. Paul gives his advice to them. And they What? No one listens to it. Paul, we got to get on the road. We got to go. And what does Paul do at this time when they do that? He just keeps quiet. 
Brothers and sisters, sometimes we want to give advice, right? As people who know God and understand who he is, and we see something that's disastrous in the way and something in front of us, and sometimes people don't want to listen. But the thing that Paul did is he told, he spoke, and says Paul's doing this, and they're saying, no, we're going, I'm going to listen to the pilot, and we're going on this. Paul simply accepts and says, okay, we'll keep on going. But look what happens next. When a gentle south wind began to blow in verse 13, they saw the opportunity. So they waited anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed through the lee of a small island called Calda, we were hardly hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes onto the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid that it would run aground on the sandbars at Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor. And let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Listen what Luke is saying is saying at this moment as he's with Paul on this journey. When you see the we passages in Acts. They had even given up of what's going on. What had happened? Paul had already told them, it's going to be dangerous. We're going to lose ship. We're going to lose cargo. We're going to lose lives as well. And what's happening now? A storm. Not for just one day, two days, but a few days. And it says it was dark the whole time the storm was going on. And the whole time it was happening, even to the point that all on the ship had given up hope. Giving up hope. You know what? We're not going to get out of this. This is just too far gone. What can we do? What can happen? We can't do anything at this moment. But I want you to know that Paul, praise God, I'm sure during the storm was praying to our God. Seeing the circumstances that was happening. And something so so beautiful happened to Paul at that moment. Look what it says here. Verse 21, as we go on here. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. First off, Paul said, look, I told you so, right? Don't you, mom, dad, don't you like to do that sometimes? I told you so, okay? Well, hopefully next time you will listen. And so now these men are starting to begin and say, wait a minute. Now, this Paul earlier said we shouldn't go. It was going to be a disaster ship. We lost a lot of cargo throwing it overboard. We threw over our tackle boxes. We can't get any more fish that way. We've got some food here on the boat. What's going to happen to it? Well, you know what? Paul told us this was going to be dangerous. And he says, man, you should have listened to me. So I think we're going to start paying a little bit more attention to what Paul is saying. And then Paul also here is not just going to leave it there. Don't you hate it when somebody just says, well, I told you so. And then they just walk off. Wouldn't you rather them to say, okay, look, this is what happened. Now let's go ahead. Let's be encouraged. Let's let, let me tell you what you can do now. And look what he says here. He says, 
all the men who had lost hope at this time, he says this, verse 22, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all of you who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run ground on some island. I want us to think about this in Paul's encouragement. This time they had lost all hope. And how can Paul give them courage? How can Paul give them encouragement to continue on? Because Paul knows his God. And God spoke to him and told him through this angel that things are going to be all right, Paul. And not only that, Paul, we're not only going to save your life, but we're going to save the lives of those 276 men who are on that boat because you're on it. Now look at the circumstances. If Paul had not been there, perhaps they, those men would not be here today or there after that moment. Right? God works in all circumstances. Whoa. God, you are working. You are working in our lives when we don't understand it, when we're in places that we may not want to be and things are going on and people don't want to listen to us. But God, you are still working and you still have me here for a purpose. And Lord God, you've given me the purpose to be able to tell that person about Christ. You give me the purpose to show my faith, even those hard moments when nobody wants to listen to me. You think about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. He would go and preach and preach and preach and nobody would repent. Nobody would listen. And he says, you know what, God, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm not going to preach anymore. But he said, I can't because your word is with me like a fire and I can't keep it in. And that's where I get keep fired up right there. I can't keep it in, Lord. Even when the circumstances are hard, you are my God. I have faith in you and you are going to work through these circumstances for your glory, for your honor, even when I don't understand, Lord, you are my God. Help me to hope in you, Lord. And help me, Lord, even to those who at this moment may not want to listen to me. When the time comes that they will listen, that they will, Lord. Help me to be there. Help me to help in those moments, God. In this very moment of what's going on in Paul's life. And he says this, God has not only given me my life, but graciously, graciously given the lives of every single one of those men who were on that boat. And one of the question is, did they believe him? Did they start to begin to see Paul's faith? I want us to see the trajectory of their faith as well, growing. Paul's faith is in the Lord. He knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. Their faith, they had none. Listening to what Paul said, I'm not going to listen. Now, Paul, they've seen, oh, you know what? His advice is correct. Okay, we're going to start listening. And Paul is ready to encourage them when they're ready to listen. Maybe we've been discouraged by somebody. I know in my life, one of the people that... That was an example to Christ for me. Before I was an example, I did everything in my power to discourage him to even talk to me about Christ. And praise God, one day things changed. And he was the first one. He was one of the first I went to talk about Christ. And I even got to go ask him, forgive me for the way I acted. 
you know what? You were right. The way I was acting was leading me to somewhere I do not want to go. But now look at here what's going on. Paul says what? Look, indeed, this ship is going to wreck. This ship is going to be destroyed. But take heart. Your lives will be saved. On verse 27. On the 14th night, 14th night now, that they're out in these storms and all these things are happening, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers... Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Look what Paul says. Who is listening to him now? The soldiers, the centurions. He says, if you let them get away on this boat, we will all die. They had to have faith to believe that God, what Paul was saying was true because of his faith in the God. That he served. And they cut it. And you know when it says here. Being driven across the Adriatic Sea. I want you to know. There's a couple of things in my life. That every time I've done it a lot of times. It hasn't turned out so well. Some of you already know. Camping. I go camping. Something something goes wrong. Okay. You and I. We, we went camping once. And the people said. Hey we got a nice tent for you. You'll be able to stay there. And Deborah was little. And we got there. And it was a little tent like this. Like, like this big. You know, and there was a big tent there, like with a 10, 10 people space. I thought, oh, wow, it's going to be able to be nice. And they, oh, your tent's over here. So we went over there, slept in that rain, feeling it running under you during the night, cold. Oh, bad experience. One time we went with my dad camping. I don't know what happened to the tent. But I think the wind took it away and we stayed under the picnic table for the night. I said, okay, that's it for that. But not only that camping, but also sometimes and And I still ride it every now and then, but fear the paddle boat. How can a paddle boat, what can happen? It's just a paddle boat, right? Well, the first time I got out of the lake and I got on the paddle boat, I was by myself and I was driving it, you know, paddling along, going fast. And the next thing I saw, I saw there was a Coke bottle coming this way. I said, I'm going to run over that Coke bottle. So I'm running that paddle boat. And it runs over that Coke bottle and that Coke bottle gets stuck in the thing. And then I can't paddle anymore. And then I start drifting. And drifting way out from everywhere, from everybody. I'm like, finally, finally doing like this, raving like this. Somebody came over and helped me to push me back over. Because I had to jump out and get the Coke bottle out of the paddle. But then I was drifting away. And then, one time we was used family on a family vacation with her her sister, and, and it would be my niece. All the other ones decided, we're going to go on the kayak. And we said, we'll go on the paddle boat. We get out on the paddle boat on this lake, and there's a wind that comes up. And we're here, and, the, and, the, and the, the sand is right there. The land is right here at the end of the doors. It took me two hours to get there from here because of that wind. The way that wind was pushing me away. 
I'm telling you, not good experiences. Can you imagine being out on a boat for 14 days? Even God, and you're not able to get anywhere. And now, after those 14 days, man, we're about to wreck. We're about to crash. How would you be feeling? Not too good. I don't think so. These men had to have been worn out by this time and by the things that were happening. And no doubt they were trying to escape. But look what happens here in verse 33. Just before dawn, just before the sun comes up, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. Is it hard to go without food after one day? If we have to fast to do blood tests the next day, it's hard, isn't it? Okay. They've gone 14 days without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Fourteen days. Paul said, the time is coming. We're about to hit land. And it's going to be a crash. And when we get there, what's going on and what's happening, it's going to be hard. But before that, men, eat. And what did Paul do? He didn't just give them food. Can you imagine? Go ahead and eat, eat, eat. Let's give thanks to God. Paul's on a boat with many men who had not ever heard of his God. Men who didn't even want to hear what he had to say at the beginning. Men who began to hear a little bit later. And men now who are listening to him. And now Paul's going from just not helping them physically, but to helping them spiritually. To remember that you know what? What's about to happen is because of who my God is. Get your strength. Let's give thanks to the Lord for what we have. We are going to go through this together. And not one hair on your head will be lost. I don't know about you, but wow. Especially in the circumstances of the last 14 days. And it says that the men were encouraged. Brothers and sisters, this world that we live in, there are people that are discouraged. There are people that we talk to that will not want to listen. But Lord willing and Lord willing with time and circumstances that may happen in the life of people, they will once again look to us and search for us and be ready and willing to hear the things that we have to say about God. And from that point on, even giving thanks to God in every hard situation. Paul, now at this moment, he who, he who said in Romans eight thirty eight, what? God works in all circumstances. Didn't say it's going to make them easier, but he works in them. And he's working in this circumstance. He's working in this storm. He's working in about what's about to happen at this very moment. And look what happens here. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy basin or the sandy beach where they decided to turn the ship around uh, aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left, let, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the forestail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming 
away and escaping. The soldiers were ready to what? Kill the prisoners. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump over forward first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Wow. Again, those prisoners, we're about to die. They're going to kill us if we run the heart. We don't want any of these to get away. But because God put in the heart of that centurion also to want to spare Paul's life, not only spared his life, but the life of every single other prisoner who was on that ship. God works in all circumstances. God is working in the lives of all of us. And sometimes we're in places and we don't understand what's going on and what's happening. But I want us to understand, when Paul said in verse 42 through 44, when they said, let's spare Paul's life, they cut it. Why did they do that? Because by the time Paul first started to this moment now, they had seen his example and his faith. And they were all impacted by his life. In the short time that they had known him, Paul had already had an impact on their life. Going from people who didn't want to listen to people who are listening to what he has to say. And you know what? Some of the greatest things that ever happens is that way. God continues to work in mysterious ways. God continues to work in the lives of each and every one of us, each and every day and each and every moment. I won't go on to say everything that happened in Acts chapter 28. But I want you to know when they ran, ran across the ground, when they, when they got there, they met some people who, there from the island. Some of the island people. Okay? And if you see a lot of island stories, you usually think of cannibals. Okay? But praise God, it wasn't cannibals that they ran into here. It says the islanders in 28 verse 2 showed us unusual kindness. Whoa. What's unusual kindness? Going above and beyond. Not only did they want to keep them warm, it says they built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul, and all of this that happened at that moment, at that very moment. And then Paul will go on later and he's going to meet one of the, one of the chief officials of the island. And when he gets there in the chief official of the island in verse 7, it says, He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality. Now, I want you to think about this. Out in an island, people, you have no clue who they are. And the next thing they do when they come up to you, they show you unusual kindness. They show you generous hospitality. And you know what? They had lost all all the men, all the the soldiers on the ship had lost all their cargo, had lost all their necessities that they had that needed for their trip. And you know what else happened on this island? Look what it says at the end of it. They honored us in many ways in verse 10. And when we were ready to sell, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Wow. God, you are amazing. They lost everything on the ship. All their supplies, Lord. Not only did you save their lives, but then you also gave them all the supplies they needed to go ahead and finish their journey. Because your servant was on that ship. God, wherever you have your servants today, that's in a hard place, in a tight place. God, help them to have the faith that Paul did. Help them to continue speaking of you, Lord, all the time. Lord God, praise God, when he got to Rome, he stayed there for two years. 
And it says in Acts chapter 28, in the very end of it, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own house, rented house, and welcomed all who came to see him as a prisoner. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God is working in our lives. What God did in the life of Paul, he's doing in our lives today as well. He's working in our lives. He's putting people in our, in our, in our areas each and every day. But what I want us to understand is, what can we take from this for ourselves? What can we take from this for our daily, daily walk in our glory? What can we understand from Paul from this example, as he says in Romans 8.38, of all things working for the good of those who love him and work, live, serve according to his purpose? What can we take to this for our lives? The very first thing. Okay, Joe, we're ready now. Keep our faith in the Lord under all circumstances. No matter what you're going through, if it's a good thing, it's a good circumstance, or it's a hard circumstance, or bad circumstance, that you don't understand why it's going through it, keep your faith in the Lord. Not at one moment did Paul never think that the Lord was with him on this journey. And I don't want you to think that the Lord is not with you on your journey. He is with you on your journey each and every day. In the good times and in the bad times. God, as we talked about in our class this morning, Chris brought out. May we be aware, have the awareness that you are with us by our sides. That if I put out my hand, Lord, you put your hand in there with me. God, you are beside me. You are with me. Keep our faith in the Lord under all circumstances. Also, look to the Lord to give us guidance and wisdom. Lord God, we don't know what's going on. Don't know what's happening. I don't even know if people will want to listen to the guidance and wisdom. But Lord God, you are my God. Help me to remember to look to you. There's certainly no doubt in my mind that while Paul was on that boat, he was praying to the Lord. Because when he got on the boat, he says, we may lose our lives. But while he's on that boat, an answer prayer happened. He says, we are going to be saved if we continue on this together. Look, Look to the Lord to give us guidance and wisdom. Also, don't be afraid to speak the Lord's will to the people around you. When people ask us, What should we do in this situation? Don't ever be scared to say, this is what the Lord's will is. Should I sell a lie or should I tell the truth? Tell the truth. What am I supposed to do in this situation, in that situation? Give the opportunity to speak what the Lord's will is in all things. God says, walk in his spirit. He says, put to death the desires of the flesh. Well, (laughs) on the radio one time, the lady called in. On the, on the radio, listening to a radio call one time, she said, look, I, I, I left my husband and there's this guy that I loved ever since I was a, a teenager. He was my teenage love. I want to go and tell him now how much I love him and I want him to come with me. The only problem is that he's married. And then the person said on the radio, and I love the way the person said it. said, look, I understand what you're saying. But according to the God that I, I know, this is not God's will for you. God has something in store for you, but it's not this. It's hard to say that sometimes. Sometimes we think, well, if I say what God's will is in a certain thing, somebody's not going to like me. And somebody may not listen, just like they didn't want to listen to Paul. 
But Lord God, help me not to be afraid to speak your will. Not only that, not speaking what God's will is, also speaking what God's will is in, according to his word, but also encouraging others with God's promises. Paul said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me. God said to me, you would be saved. God said, not even one hair on your head would be lost in this, in this, in this disaster that's going to happen. And all the things that happen, happen just as Paul said. Brothers and sisters, encourage others with God's promises. What is the promise of God? Eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Tonight, I just wanted to think and see how God works in the life of Paul. And perhaps you can say in your life, man, I've been in some situations where I didn't like it. And you saw how Paul worked through it. And I'm sure we could bring people up here to speak about those experiences of where they were in circumstances saying, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it or what you're going to do, but you're going to do it. And you did. And praise God that you can hold on to those moments. But brothers and sisters tonight, never forget the impact that you have on the lives of others. We talked this morning about going and preaching the word going and telling the gospel to others around us, being the example, being the example that the word may ring out to others. But also in this very moment, as we learn in the life of Paul, God was working in every circumstance. God is working in all circumstances in your life. It's not by accident that you are here tonight. It's not just coincidence that you're here tonight. If you are not in the Lord, the God, God, our God and Father is calling you. To come to him, to give your life to him in faith in Christ Jesus, to repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is calling you to that so that you may have become a child of God. And if you are in Christ tonight and you're going through a moment in your life and you don't understand what's going on and you need the prayers of this church, we want to pray for you because we believe that even though in hard circumstances, God is still working in your life and God will accomplish his will in your life. And one of the things that we can hold on to that moment is the promises that we have of heaven. Paul said this life has light and momentary troubles and Paul went through them all. And he said, you know what? Nothing is compared to the life that we're going to have with our Lord and Savior. Tonight, there's a fountain free for you and me. Come as we stand and sing if you need the Lord tonight. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D. C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol dot com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 818- West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings 
at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.